Welcome to Quanta Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. A half century ago, the pioneers of chaos theory discovered that the butterfly effect makes long-term prediction impossible. Even the smallest change to a complex system, like the weather or the economy, can cause a domino effect that leads to a dramatically different future. We can't pin down the state of these systems precisely enough to predict how they'll play out. So we live under a veil of uncertainty. But now we're getting some help with that from robots. Machine learning is the computational technique behind recent successes in artificial intelligence. Now, scientists are using machine learning to predict the future evolution of chaotic systems out to distant horizons. Outside experts call the approach groundbreaking. Among them, Herbert Jaeger, a professor of computational science at Jakobs University in Bremen, Germany. I find it really amazing how far into the future they could predict this complex spatial wave before the correct continuation and the prediction start to deviate. I find it quite amazing. The findings were published in a series of papers in the journals Physical Review Letters and Chaos. They come from veteran chaos theorist Edward Ott and four collaborators at the University of Maryland who employed a machine learning algorithm called reservoir computing. The reservoir computer learned the dynamics of a typical chaotic system called the Kuramoto-Sivashinsky equation. The evolving solution to this equation behaves like a flame front, flickering as it advances through a combustible medium. The equation also describes drift waves in plasmas and other phenomena. J.D. Patak, Ott's graduate student and the lead author of the new papers, says the equation serves as a testbed for studying turbulence and spatiotemporal chaos. In their research, the reservoir computer trained itself on data from the past evolution of the Kuramoto-Sivashinsky equation. Then, it could closely predict how the flame-like system would continue to evolve out to eight Lyapunov times into the future. That's roughly eight times further ahead than previous models allowed. The Lyapunov time represents how long it takes for two almost identical states of a chaotic system to exponentially diverge. So it typically sets the horizon of predictability. Holger Kantz is a chaos theorist at the Max Planck Institute for the Physics of Complex Systems in Dresden, Germany. They tackle a tough problem. I mean, this prediction of chaotic systems is, of course, very difficult because errors grow exponentially fast. So every modeling error, that means if your model equations are not perfectly matching the true equations of motion of the system, every such error will will grow exponentially fast, so after some time, the predicted trajectory will not resemble the true observations anymore. And so it's uh, therefore a long-standing issue of what to do when you just have observations, you don't know the true model equations, how can you do good predictions? And this is here a very interesting contribution to this issue because they use this machine learning technique in order to extract the underlying dynamics. And you see that the machine learning technique is almost as good as knowing the truth, so to say. 
With machine learning, the algorithm doesn't know anything about the Kuramoto-Sivashinsky equation itself. It only sees data recorded about the evolving solution to the equation. That's what makes the machine learning approach so powerful. In many cases, dynamicists have trouble modeling and predicting chaotic systems because they don't know the equations that describe them. Ott and his colleagues' results suggest you don't need the equations, only data. Kant says someday this kind of machine learning algorithm could help with weather prediction. In some sense, this paper suggests that one day we might be able perhaps to predict weather by machine learning algorithms and not by sophisticated models of the atmosphere. Of course, they do not claim that, and also this is a bit far-fetched because the particular situation here in this equation, too, is that they have observations of all of the state variables. Whereas in weather, when we just observe the temperatures, we don't yet know about the wind speeds and the humidity and all these other things, the pressure field. So in order to do something similar for weather, one should have many more different types of observations and connect them. But in principle, this is something in this direction. Besides weather forecasting, experts say the machine learning technique could help with things like monitoring cardiac arrhythmias for signs of impending heart attacks. More speculatively, it might also help with predicting rogue waves, which endanger ships. Or, Kant says, it could possibly even help predict earthquakes. Earthquakes might be another example where actually we don't know the rules very well. What is going on deep in the ground is hidden to observations. We can't really sense all these things. And also the governing laws are not so precisely known. All these things down in the Earth's crust are very complicated, so it would be very nice if some seismic observations would be sufficient to feed some machine learning algorithm, and then we get predictions about the next earthquake. Chaos theorist Edward Ott hopes the new tools will prove useful for giving advance warning of solar storms, like the one in 1859, that was so severe it created aurora borealis visible around the entire Earth and blew out some telegraph systems. That solar storm generated so much voltage that power lines were able to operate with their power switched off. Ott says if such a solar storm hit without warning today, it would be an even bigger problem. With all the technology we have, people are worried it could blow out a substantial number of the transformers on the power grid, and it would take years to replace them. Whereas if you knew the storm was coming, you could just turn off the power and turn it back on later. Ott, Patak, and their colleagues, Brian Hunt, Michelle Gervan, and Jersine Liu, achieved their results by synthesizing existing tools. Six or seven years ago, the powerful algorithm known as deep learning was starting to master AI tasks like image and speech recognition. The five started to read up on machine learning and think of clever ways to apply it to chaos. They learned of a handful of promising results predating the deep learning revolution. Most importantly, in the early 2000s, Jaeger and fellow German chaos theorist Harold Haas made use of a network of randomly connected artificial neurons, which formed the reservoir in reservoir computing, to learn the dynamics of three chaotically co-evolving variables. 
After training on the three series of numbers, the network could predict the future values of the three variables out to an impressively distant horizon. But when there were more than a few interacting variables, the computations became impossible. Ott and his colleagues needed a more efficient scheme to make reservoir computing relevant for large chaotic systems because they have such huge numbers of interrelated variables. For example, every position along the front of an advancing flame has velocity components in three spatial directions to keep track of. It took years to strike upon the straightforward solution. Here's J.D. Patak. So basically what we did was we exploited the fact that the interactions were local, essentially. So you basically have, you know, if you have a point in space, then it's influenced by points that are close to it. By using that, we can essentially break up the problem into chunks. That is, you can parallelize the problem using one reservoir of neurons to learn about one patch of a system, then use another reservoir to learn about the next patch, and so on. There are slight overlaps of neighboring domains to account for their interactions. Parallelization allows the reservoir computing approach to handle chaotic systems of almost any size, as long as you have enough computing power. Ott explains reservoir computing as a three-step procedure. Say you want to use it to predict the evolution of a spreading fire. First, you measure the height of the flame at five different points along the flame front. You continue to measure the height at these points on the front as the flames advance over a period of time. You feed these data streams into randomly chosen artificial neurons in the reservoir. The input data triggers the neurons to fire, triggering connected neurons in turn and sending a cascade of signals throughout the network. The second step is to make the neural network learn the dynamics of the evolving flame front from the input data. To do this, as you feed data in, you also monitor the signal strengths of several randomly chosen neurons in the reservoir. Weighting and combining these signals in five different ways produces five numbers as outputs. Ott says you want to adjust the weights of the various signals that go into calculating the outputs until those outputs consistently match the next set of inputs, the five new heights measured a moment later along the flame front. For the task of prediction, what you want is that the output should be the input at a slightly later time. To learn the correct weights, the algorithm compares each set of outputs, or predicted flame heights at each of the five points, to the next set of inputs, or actual flame heights. The algorithm increases or decreases the weights of the various signals each time in whatever way would have made their combinations give the correct values for the five outputs. From one time step to the next, as the weights are tuned, the predictions gradually improve. Ott says eventually, the algorithm is consistently able to predict the flame's state one time step later. In the third step, you actually do the prediction. So in the third step, you're no longer going to have the input from this unknown system But what you would like to do is to predict what that input would be in the future. By now, the reservoir has learned the system's dynamics. It can reveal how it will evolve. The network essentially asks itself what will happen. Outputs are fed back in as the new inputs, whose outputs are fed back in as inputs, and so on. 
These make a projection of how the heights at the five positions on the flame front will evolve. Other reservoirs working in parallel predict the evolution of height elsewhere in the flame. In a plot in their PRL paper published last year, the researchers show that their predicted flame-like solution to the Kuramoto-Sivashinsky equation exactly matches the true solution out to eight Lyapunov times before chaos finally wins and the actual and predicted states of the system diverge. The usual approach to predicting a chaotic system is to measure its conditions at one moment as accurately as possible. Then you use the data to calibrate a physical model and evolve the model forward. As a ballpark estimate, you'd have to measure a typical system's initial conditions 100 million times more accurately to predict its future evolution eight times further ahead. That's why machine learning is a powerful resource. Ulrich Parlitz is with the Max Planck Institute for Dynamics and Self-Organization in Göttingen, Germany. Like Jaeger, he also applied machine learning to low-dimensional chaotic systems in the early 2000s. It's a very useful approach, very powerful approach. I think it's not only working in, in the particular example that we present. I think it's universal in some sense, and you can apply it to, to many different dynamical processes and systems. In a paper published in Chaos, Parlitz and a collaborator applied reservoir computing to predict the dynamics of excitable media, like cardiac tissue. Parlitz suspects that a machine learning technique called deep learning will also work well for tackling chaos, as well as other machine learning algorithms. Recently, researchers at MIT and ETH Zurich achieved similar results as Ott's team using something called a long short-term memory neural network that has recurrent loops that enable it to store temporary information for a long time. Since the work in their PRL paper, Ott, Patak, Gervan, Liu, and other collaborators have come closer to a practical implementation of their prediction technique. In research published last April in Chaos, they showed that predictions of chaotic systems like the Kurumoto-Sivashinsky equation became even better when you hybridize the data-driven machine learning approach and traditional model-based prediction. Ott sees this as a more likely avenue for improving weather prediction and similar efforts, since we don't always have complete high-resolution data or perfect physical models. What we should do is we should use the good knowledge that we have where we have it, and if we have ignorance, we should use the machine learning to fill in the gaps where the ignorance resides. The reservoir's predictions can essentially calibrate the models. In the case of the Kuramoto-Sivashinsky equation, accurate predictions are extended out to 12 Lyapunov times, The duration of the Lyapunov time varies for different systems, from milliseconds to millions of years. It's a few days in the case of the weather. The shorter it is, the touchier or more prone to the butterfly effect a system is, with similar states departing more rapidly for different futures. Chaotic systems are everywhere in nature, going haywire more or less quickly. Yet, strangely, chaos itself is hard to pin down. University of Chicago mathematics professor Amy Wilkinson says there's no solid definition for chaos. This is a term that most people in dynamical systems use, but they kind of a little bit hold their noses while using that term. (laughs) I mean, 
you feel a bit cheesy for saying something is chaotic because it's not really a well-defined term, but it gets everyone's attention. Chaos has no agreed-upon mathematical definition or necessary and sufficient conditions. Chaos theorist Holger Kantz agrees there's no easy concept for chaos. In some cases, tuning a single parameter of a system can make it go from chaotic to stable or vice versa. Both Wilkinson and Kant's define chaos in terms of stretching and folding, much like the repeated stretching and folding of dough and butter when you make puff pastries. You first roll it out and then you fold it over and again you roll it and you fold it then you get some layered structure. The directions in the dough, the kind of thickness directions, once you roll it back out again, everything has become one-third the thickness. It's like what was originally thickness one, after you folded it and rolled it out, is now thickness one-third. Because it's gotten compressed, you fold it, and you haven't changed the kind of thickness of the individual components, but now when you try to make it have the original thickness, you've compressed all those directions. But you have to compensate for this mm-hmm. with the other directions because, you know, you have the same amount of dough. So if you took a rectangle of dough and you made it one-third as thick, if it ends up the same, if one direction was contracted, the other has to be expanded. The effect of this being chaotic is that when you put this layer of butter and then you repeat this folding and rolling and folding and rolling and so on, if you look, not a lot of steps down the line, that butter gets really evenly distributed throughout the dough. That even distribution of butter is a consequence of the chaotic properties of this rolling process. Kant says the weather, wildfires, the stormy surface of the sun, and all other chaotic systems act in the same way. In order to have this exponential divergence of trajectories, you need this stretching. And in order not to run away to infinity, you need some folding. And this folding is related to the nonlinearities. And the combination of this stretching and folding it creates self-similarity of the geometric sets on which all this motion takes place. So the folding basically comes from nonlinear relationships between variables in the systems. The stretching and compressing in the different dimensions correspond to a system's positive and negative Lyapunov exponents. In another recent paper in Chaos, the Maryland team reported that their reservoir computer could successfully learn the values of these characterizing exponents from data about a system's evolution. Exactly why reservoir computing is so good at learning the dynamics of chaotic systems is not yet well understood, beyond the idea that the computer tunes its own formulas in response to data until the formulas replicate the system's dynamics. The technique works so well that Ott and some of the other Maryland researchers now intend to use chaos theory as a way to better understand the internal machinations of neural networks. Michelle Yoon helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Natalie Wolchover's full article, Machine Learning's Amazing Ability to Predict Chaos, on our website, quantumagazine.org. And want to learn more about math and science? The MIT Press has published two quanta books, Alice and Bob Meet the Wall of Fire and The Prime Number Conspiracy. Order them now at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or your local bookstore. 